This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome back to another episode of Friends from Work, a podcast about all things in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, hosted by me, Robbie, and my longtime friend, Kyle. Kyle, welcome to our What If Reflection episode. Robbie. You feeling reflective? Thank you. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> I am. Are you? I am. I am. That's why I'm, can you, can you feel the Zen washing over the airwaves here? This is me reflecting. Maybe tone down the Zen a little bit, just ease it back a little bit. Maybe give me a little more energy if that's possible. I'll give you some energy. Um, Last week we talked about how I was in Las Vegas. I'm still in Las Vegas, but I'm proud to report that our listeners came through. Once again, I asked for recommendations And I didn't get to golf at the place that one of our listeners told us, but I did golf at two dope spots. So shout out Wolf Creek and Reflection Bay. Um, But also I tried Skinny Fats, one of the restaurants that someone recommended, and it was very good. So I love this trend we're developing, right? Like you and I travel, our listeners come through for us, recommend some good spots. It just feels like a win-win. No, I love that. I also have to say that... There's a reason I have been silent on the main front and that we had to postpone the aforementioned main trip. It is going to happen, and when it does, I'm going to follow. I got a lot of really great recs from people on Instagram, via email, and via the Slack, so I've got a whole list of things to check out. We will be doing that. Just stay tuned. I didn't realize you postponed it until right now. Yeah, was, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it was a bummer, but it's you know it's going to happen. I'm committed. I, I am, I'm determined to get up to what I keep hearing is the most beautiful part of the country. So another thing I want to tell people is that you and I both got a chance to watch Bond at this point. No time yes, to die. Yes, we did. Um, and then we just got off the phone talking about it. So we need to figure out a way to maybe work some Bond talk in. We, I'll say this. We both really liked it. And we're both big fans of the Daniel Craig era. So mm-hmm. it was, uh, it was fulfilling to kind of watch the last one in his era. And, uh, I really enjoyed it. We need to find a way maybe through Kyle's movie club or something, um, yes, to talk about it a little bit, which kind of leads me perfectly into friends from work. Plus we should probably update yes. people on that a little bit. So we are what about a week and a half in to friends from yep. work plus now. And man, the response it has, has been, been awesome. Oh my gosh. It's been so fun. We're both so grateful for how excited folks have been to, to dive in. Uh, we're grateful for, for how much people seem to be loving the content itself that we have. Um, and it's just been a, it, I feel like it's been kind of a, a breath of fresh air for the old pod. Just a lot of new, fun, different oh. stuff. In some ways, it, not, that we, not that we necessarily needed it, but it feels like a return to kind of classic, classic friends from work. Um, <laughs> and uh, I like that. That's because we got a chance to review a movie that had been out for 20 years again, like uh, like throwback to Iron Man style. That's um, true. So last week when we announced Friends from Work Plus, we kind of told people generically what it would be. And now we've had a week to kind of sit with it a little bit. And so, again, just if this piques your interest, you might want to look into it. What we've released so far is we put out a uh, an extra discussion on Infinity War and Endgame. 
kind of that's kind of a discussion that's ongoing all the time for us. Yep. Um, yeah, we're probably gonna have like five of those episodes. And then we put out an episode going what works and what doesn't work, a straight review of Sam Raimi's 2002 Spider-Man. And so what we kind of decided is we're going to go through all the old Spider-Man movies, movie by movie on the Friends from Work Plus side. Then we're going to do a big picture Spider-Man episode on this Friends from Work, um, just kind of how it leads into No Way Home and how it's going to affect the MCU. So we feel like that's a, a fun blend. Like, we're not going to be able to go into as much detail on here about the Sam Raimi movies, but if that's something you're into, you might want to look into Friends from Work Plus. And then lastly, Robbie has kind of finally got a full-blown comic book club going, which is kind of fun, <laughs> where he fun. and his wife, Candace have now chosen to go through the Spider-Man comics. And Candace has never read a comic in her life. So it's right. been kind of fun to have that perspective. And so for anyone who wants to get into what comics can I read before the Eternals? What comics can I read before Hawkeye? But especially what comics can I read before Spider-Man? Robbie's here to help you. And Candace is there to basically be like, hey, you don't have to have read anything before to still get some enjoyment out of this. So that's what we've launched on Friends from Work Plus. We're going to be constantly tweaking it, but it's been a fun start so far. It has been. And there's a lot of fun stuff going on in the Slack that's sort of adjacent to the Friends from Work Plus stuff. So if you subscribe, you should definitely join the Slack. If you don't subscribe, you should also join the Slack. The Slack's free. It's just a place to go hang out with other listeners. And it's become a really great community a great place to get MCU news and a great place to just sort of chat about all the things that a bunch of nerdy Marvel fans want to chat about. But on another side of things, this is about to be an incredible season for MCU fans. Truly Robbie and I are so jazzed about the next three to six months on this podcast and the things we can do. One of the things we're looking into doing is, we want to extend our coverage of these films when they come out. So we're rapidly approaching the Eternals release on November 5th. Yeah. And so part of that, Robbie and I are going to be doing a mailbag episode on the front end and the back end of it for anyone who just wants to talk more Eternals besides just a review episode. So mm -hmm. that's going to be a really fun tradition to start, but kind of right off that we dive into Hawkeye right away again. Actually, this makes me think about, I think Greg on Slack posted, shout out Greg, like always, uh, posted <laughs> all the upcoming dates for everything. And again, one, it's overwhelming because there's so much stuff coming out. Mm -hmm. But two, it was a, it was really helpful to kind of see, oh my goodness, like, yeah, we don't have that long of a gap before Hawkeye. And then Hawkeye double dips with Spider-Man, which will be the biggest movie since the pandemic and definitely right. since Endgame. And so all the coverage we can do on the friends from work plus side, but all the coverage we can do here leading up to that. And then I forgot that I thought Dr. Strange two was in may. Dr. Strange two is in March. Yeah. So yeah, we're going to well, get some new shows right away. And then right into Dr. Love Strange and Thunders two. in may, right? Love and thunders in may. That's what I'm saying. So I mix those up. So that's it's actually, why, yeah, that's crazy though. So Spider-Man, Dr. Strange and love and thunder all before next summer. Not to mention what the shows. A, what a five-month span that is. Yeah. So I think our coverage of the shows will be fun. Our coverage of the movies, adding some mailbag with that. Our initial reactions things. If we get to see uh, the screeners to have an episode out the day the movie comes out. For those of you who go opening night. Like, I just think there's a lot of fun stuff coming. This is a great era. It's about to be. It is. And I want to say... I just finished a massive endeavor of reading through all of the classic Eternals comics, which uh, I think it was like a, a thousand seventy pages of Jack Kirby and Walter Simonson and Peter Gillis comics. And uh, you know what? I'm ready for the movie. I'm ready to uh, to make it worth it because <laughs> that was. Sometimes a slog, <laughs> but you know, it was also, uh, made, made me excited to see what they're going to do with it, especially as I'm seeing some of the comments coming out from the creators, um, on that movie yes. where it seems like they're wanting to pull from a lot of the original Jack Kirby stuff, which is, 
really fun because everyone sort of assumed that they would pull from some of the later, more modern uh, era, like the the Neil Gaiman run, and and I'm sure that's still going to have its influence. But yep. it it you know it makes me yeah it makes me all the more intrigued. We've said this before. Anytime you go weird, anytime you want to take a big swing, I'm going to be there for it. And I like that they're taking the harder choice there, and still tweaking it though. Apparently, from what I've been reading. Oh, for um, sure, for sure. So there's going to be a they hybrid there. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and then also original material. Um, I'm definitely Which, getting more excited for the Eternals the closer we get. Yeah, well, and man, I, I don't know if if you're listening to this and you haven't seen some of the promos that have been coming out, and there are a lot coming out now. Um, it's it looks very good. I think like I'm I'm a real fan of of the visuals. The so visual, far. yeah, no doubt. And we kind of trust the director too, so we'll see. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. Um, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And you can follow us on social media as we hinted at those mailbag episodes. That's a great place to reach out to us at the FFW Podcast or reach out to us on our website, the FFW Podcast.com. But Robbie, today is still fun because we kind of wanted to just put one final bow on what if. So yes. kind of turning a corner here, back to the reflection, like you said, on what if. But part of that is we got a chance to talk to the director, Brian Andrews, and it was an amazing conversation. So actually, just kind of behind the scenes here, there's not that much that you and I need to add other than ranking it. But you're not going to want to miss this conversation from him. Like, what a better way to reflect on the finale and the show as a whole than doing it with the director, Brian. So that was really fun. And I think you're going to enjoy this conversation coming up. Yeah, I think, you know, we say this a lot and we mean it all the time. But if you enjoyed What If at all in any way, you're going to really like this interview. Like I know sometimes people are tempted to skip over interviews for whatever reason. And this is one where he's such a nice guy. And he's it's just another case of him being so committed to his craft and so clearly invested in these characters that it's just, it, he, he gave us so much interesting insight that I never knew and probably never would have picked up on that I think really enhanced my, my appreciation for the show as a whole and specifically for a couple of key moments. And I want to say this for any of you out there who are big behind the scenes, people take it from Robbie and I, at this point that it's been unbelievable that every single person we seem to meet that is in this world, in this realm, is just such a standout person. And they all have that love for their craft. It's been crazy to me, Robbie. That's been my, one of my biggest takeaways from getting into this community, doing these interviews, all the way down from like the actors, the directors, their reps, Disney. Mm -hmm. Everyone's been a joy to deal with. And then we get a chance to talk to people that work with Marvel. Not only are all of them amazing and talented and so kind to us to take the time, but they also have so much care for what they're doing. And they all speak so highly of Marvel higher ups like Kevin uh -huh. and his team. Uh -huh. It's just been crazy. Like you would think eventually you get a bad apple, you know, it just doesn't seem to happen for us. No. And, and here, and they all seem to call out Kevin specifically and assuming that they're not contractually obligated to do that. It seems telling. Right, exactly. You know, like, like, we don't even ask them about it. They bring it up themselves. Right. Like, I mean, Brian talks here about how Kevin specifically got so into this show, like got so into all the different storylines and had his hands in all of it. And I love that. And I think that that says a lot about the I think you have to separate on some level whenever we talk about something being canon. Um, and I'm not going to go into all the multiversal stuff because we've gone through all that a thousand times at this point. But when you talk about it being canon versus you, you talking about it being sort of significant um, on a storytelling side. And I think whatever you think about the, the canon side, it definitely says a lot that Kevin, who is involved in so many things right now, like if you think about all the projects that are coming out, the fact that he was willing to devote that amount of time and energy and interest to this project, I think does say a lot. So here's what I want to do. Let's get into that conversation. Let's let people hear it. Listen for something, a little teaser, specifically regarding what Robbie just talked about. And we'll talk about that afterwards 
after you get to hear this. And then we are going to rank what if after that conversation. So stay tuned for that too, because you're going to want to hear where we put what if in our rankings. But the last piece of knowledge that you need to know before you hear from Brian is that Brian has worked with Marvel for a long time, actually. He served as a storyboard artist on a wide array of Marvel films. So he already had been working on Endgame, Infinity War, Captain Marvel, um, Thor The Dark World, our favorite, uh, both Guardians of the Galaxy films. Got to get that Thor reference in there. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Um, (laughs) So I just want you to know that because I referenced that in the interview. So if you're confused, that's what I'm talking about. So without further ado, you're going to enjoy this conversation with Brian Andrews after a quick word from our sponsors. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, everyone. Today, our very, very special guest is the director of What If, Brian Andrews. Brian, welcome to Friends from Work. Let's go. Hello. Viva Las Vegas. Viva Las Vegas. As you can see, if you're watching this, Vegas in the background, perfect timing. Love that. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Brian, you have some history as a storyboard artist with Marvel, correct? Mm, I noticed that you... You worked as a storyboard artist on Infinity War, both Guardians films, Endgame, a bunch of others. Mm-hmm. Um, what is that transition like from a storyboard artist to a director of an animated show? I would think that'd be a pretty natural fit, yeah? Yeah, and but also, hmm. and, and for, so for me, um, I'd been working and boarding in animation long before I did any of the live action stuff with Marvel. Hmm. And I had actually directed some animation stuff before. Um, so I was already kind of in that, you know, it was in my wheelhouse already. Um, but then having boarded some of the live action movies and working with other directors and producers, um, that that does help a bit, you know what I mean? Because I just get a sense of, you know, you, you're in the family, you know, you've worked with them on a number right. of these things, you, you, you get a feel for it. Um, and so when it came time for this, you know, and I always worked in animation at the same time, even when I was still doing boards for them. And, and they knew this. And then when it came time for the show, Brad just gave me a call and was like, hey, man, you want to work on something cool? And, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the rest is history. Um, so, yeah, it's, that's been pretty awesome. Man, I was so curious, um, you know, when we first started seeing things from what if just promo shots and, and teasers, uh, the animation style is, is really unique and a really fun way of getting across the comic book feel while also tying it into the, the MCU versions of those characters what did the process look like on y'all's end um when you were trying to land on an animation style so in the beginning when it was um just uh brad and myself trying to figure something out Mm -hmm. um you know it wasn't a full green light yet you know it was just a percolation of a thought and then he ran past kevin and kevin was like oh yeah maybe let's see let's talk about it so that so Brad and I worked together for a few months just to kind of um, talk about what could happen in the show, what it could be the thing, but also just focusing on what's it going to look like, how do we produce this, all this type of stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Um, this is before we got AC in, in, involved to um, help us come up with a bunch of ideas and write a bunch of stuff. You know, it was just early thing. It's like let's just get them to buy off on the concept. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So we just thought of a bunch of random stuff. Y'all like, what if Black Panther had the time stone and the cape? You know, just what if, <laughs> what if Loki was worthy and he had the hammer? Just things uh-huh. that in an, in an instant you would have like just an image and Kevin can go, ah, I see what you did there. Right. Um, to do like just a minute long little like teaser um, just for him and, and the mm-hmm. trio. 
And then at the same time, I was preparing like what I thought it might, I, I, I would want it to look like. And then we had um, Ryan Minerding, you know, who's like the god of Marvel design, character mm-hmm. design for all the live action superheroes and all that type of stuff. He always wanted to work in animation too. And mm-hmm. both he and I are huge JC Leindecker fans, the famous, you know, illustrator from, you know, the, the early 20th century. Mm-hmm. Uh, did a lot of the Saturday Evening Post covers before Norman Rockwell, you know, did anything, you know, uh-huh. and then, and he has a way of idealizing his 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 men and and women and just having them be like just glorious and just beautifully painted and just so wonderful and I'm like oh, that would be awesome mm-hmm. and Hollywood's been trying to chase that look for years like both in animation as an inspiration for some things in live action so I thought well let's mm-hmm. like really try to go for it because I don't want to go full comic. Because I felt mm-hmm. that was just too obvious, and I knew hopefully there'd be some projects down the line that Marvel would want to do where we can lean into that more. So for this one, I wanted something to tie closer to the cinematic universe. You know what I mean? Something that looked a little bit more—I don't know—polished as they were, just a little yeah. less graphic. Um, so I think the, the illustrated style was a way was a way to go. And we showed um, Kevin some images of um, J.C. Leindecker's work from back in the day, and Kevin was just oh, like, wow. "Oh wow!" If, if it looks like this, I'm in. So it was kind of like, huh. we, 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 we sold him on that pretty quickly. And then for the, then we also looked at Mead Schaefer, Tom Lavelle, and some other illustrators of the time period, just for like lighting sensibilities and, 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 and background type inspiration. Hmm. We got our amazing designer, um, Paul Lassane on board. And so while Ryan was lo- working on character, Paul Lassane was trying to create the overall look for everything else to kind of work with the character. And we had to, right. we, we realized we need to go a little bit more graphic on some of the BG details to match, um, you know, the super mm. painterly we originally went for um, wasn't going to match what Ryan eventually did with the JC Leindecker version of the show. But eventually we got it all homogenized it looked correct together, hopefully from people who think that's the case, I hope. But, um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was fun. And then from that, we just tried to incorporate other things here and there. Like we draw a lot of inspiration from, at least me personally, anime when it comes to some of the effects animation. Mm-hmm. Explosions, magic, all that type of stuff. You know, anime, very certain. There's good anime, there's bad anime. The good anime right. is like really, really well. So it was both with timing and sensibility, as well as shape language. We try to borrow from the best and then put it in our little filter and then try to make it work together, you know. Yeah, no, that's, that's fascinating hearing about those. I would never have thought to go that far back with references, but that's yeah. so interesting, especially y'all were able to show some of those Lidecker things to oh, Kevin yeah. and the yeah. pitch. I don't think he's even seen that before, um, you know, and he was nerded out. I mean, Disney looked at Lidecker and had that as inspiration for Pocahontas, that movie they did. They tried oh, to wow. a little bit more angular and try to do some of this stuff, but yeah. you know, that's hardcore. I can see that. And it was rough. It's like they really were inspired by it, but you you know you don't fully. I think they would have loved to right. have gone further, but the technology wasn't there. And um, hmm. we we were thinking we wanted it to eventually to, to do it all two D, but there's a lot of content being made out there, and a lot of really great animation houses that maybe would have been able to step up to the challenge. There weren't many because it's way too. I think it's way too challenging. But there are a few that could have, but they were all busy <laughs> on other people's oh, uh, stuff. Wow. So, so we had to pivot a little bit. And then I think in the end, um, you know, I think, it, you know, using the, the 3D for 2D was good for us, but I really wanted to push the 2D aspect. Like it, there's there's times when maybe we we're not as successful as I would have hoped, but for the most part, our vendors did a fantastic job. And yeah. the time we had, that's the big thing. We didn't have a lot of time to get it together. And they worked tremendously hard on it and we pushed them hard and i think we got mm. something that balanced it balanced out yeah, mm. yeah. well the finale Absolutely. just aired and we're yeah. loving it i'm sure our audience loves it um first off is it a relief to be talking to us when now you can talk about everything finally yeah it actually it actually is because early on we feel so bad because it's like we can't say anything we're like wait and see yeah <laughs> i right. hope you like it you know it's really, really you know, and, and, but it's funny how people always want to ask the stuff that will spoil everything. And it's yeah, just like, right, right. All right, man, we I can't yeah. tell you. <laughs> we had a chance to chat with AC actually, like after I think episode two or three. Oh, and it was, right it was a lot of that. Uh-huh. We had fun talking about the first three, but then it was all like, I can't say more than AC, that. Yeah. So right, we'll right. And we, yeah, we try to avoid those questions and we always laugh yeah. at the, uh, at the, yeah. the pressers at the front end because people will just ask these questions that what obviously. You can't <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, 
why even ask that question? Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but here's my question. Okay. You obviously the finale kind of culminates in this guardians of the multiverse thing. Mm-hmm. Did you guys have that idea at the onset and kind of worked backwards from that or when in the process did that come together that, Hey, they're going to be pulled out by the watcher and you know, all that. Right. I think it was relatively early on. We realized that was going to be the case exactly who we didn't um, because Mm -hmm. we had like 30 stories to choose from, to give to Kevin, to whittle it down to like a season's worth of stories. He was supposed Mm -hmm. to choose like 10 out of 30. Um, But he, he ended up choosing like 12 or 14 and then it was up to us to like whittle it down for these. I don't know, man. There's, there's so many that are good. Um, so that was it. Was we kept saying it's just, it was just an embarrassment of riches. And then, um, mm-hmm. so once we started seeing, okay, well, here's here's what we've ended up with. This is what's in the season. Then we were able to start thinking about what could possibly happen. So I think it was relatively early on, and it started becoming a little bit organic. I think very early on, Brad, our our, our illustrious executive producer, and who it was his idea to do the show, really. Um, you know, he's like Marvel legend, you know, he did, he produced Ragnarok and Ant-Man and Black Widow, and he's really oh, moved up through the ranks, and, and he's, he's a badass and super cool, and this was his, this was his baby, this was his brainchild, and we just helped him make it happen, but, um, but, but, you know, with, with our, he was so giving, too, because he got me on, I had crazy ideas, then he got AC on, she had great ideas, and just working together as a team, and then she brought on Matt, Matthew Chauncey, who is amazing, mm-hmm. um, and together we would just sit in that room and, and just have a blast and come up with craziness. So I think relatively early on, we got that. But the exact ins and outs revealed themselves the more we kind of got more into the episodes and figured out what those mm. episodes were. And we were like, oh, and then he's got to go back. He's got to get strange, man. He's got to get back to strange. It's the only one that can help him. It's like, yeah, and then I'll get this person and that person. So then, you know, things start... There's the old, it, mm-hmm. it starts right in itself that, that that's not true, but, right, but you know what I mean? Right. It, it, some things start becoming um, more clear, you know, th- mm-hmm. certain things re- reveal themselves and you go, ah, mm-hmm. and once you get that piece and suddenly these other pieces just go boop, boop, boop and start revealing uh-huh. themselves. And you're like, oh yeah, and now we can do this. So yeah. Quick specific question about the team though. <laughs> I'm oh, just yeah. going to ask you because you're here. <laughs> Why not Spider-Man in the last fight are we led to believe that Spider-Man didn't make it out of the Wakanda reality he was in with Thanos and the stones, or did we just oh. shy away from Spider-Man? I, I think we just shied away from Spider-Man because the team mm-hmm. had to just be a certain amount. We just couldn't have just okay. everybody. Right. Yeah, sure, right. Sure. Um, but um, we were thinking and, about an and idea. Zombie Wanda, had. I guess was the person that came from that universe. Yes. Anyways. And she's the one that came mm-hmm. to that. And it, you know, it's funny. It's it's, there's no way anyone can know this in the show. Um, but like super secret, like mega internal stuff. It's like the, the zombies that he pulls from is not necessarily the zombies from the episode we saw. So for example, mm. there, there's lots of universes out there where that those events play out. There's probably a version of that zombie universe where hope doesn't get bit and doesn't die. Mm, there may right, be a version okay. of that universe where, where Tony never turned into a zombie and he's doing his best to deal with it, right? Mm-hmm. But in, in a but in a variety of those universes, you probably still get a zombie Wanda. So in, in my mind, they actually pulled probably from like a different one. But that's like a super deep cut that does nothing huh. to hurt anyone's enjoyment <laughs> of the episode, really. Mm-hmm. But it kind of answers a lot of those other questions. Like, well, then what happened to those characters that you love? It's just like, well, those characters right. you love might be in a slightly different universe. Like, it's, it's those little mm-hmm. types of Easter eggs I, I, I enjoy having in, whether people are aware of them or not, just because it's like, just because it's, we clearly pulled from certain universes that you saw clearly mm-hmm. we literally show you that, but, but there's a lot of universes out there that are very similar, <laughs> but things worked mm-hmm. out just a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me personally, I think, I think I, I feel that they pulled from a different universe for that, for that mm-hmm. zombie Wanda. Cause I like to think that that universe we showed you is still, uh, there's still adventures going on over there. I would believe with all the universes, uh-huh. like just because there's like that little tease of a cliffhanger, it's like, right. oh, they're not done. There's stuff going on, you know, and maybe one day we get to visit some of those other universes. Maybe we don't, I don't know, but mm-hmm. I kind of like the fact to, to think mm-hmm. that life yeah. goes on over there, that other adventures are happening out there. We just may not be seeing them, you know? Well, and we clearly picked up on that vibe because so many of the episodes ended with a cliffhanger that you're kind of like, are they coming right. back to? But yeah. I think I, I agree with what you're saying. I like the idea of kind of like Nolan's inception where it's like, let the audience just run with what they think it is or not and leave right. it there. I yeah, like 
they're trying to button up the story proper, but let yeah. you know that that universe continues, that there's still other challenges mm -hmm. that may come and, and victories to be had and, and all mm -hmm. of that, you know? Um, so yeah, I think that's well, part of the fun. Talking about, you, you were talking about bringing Strange back and, and um, not only would I say Strange was one of my favorite parts of that final episode, Mm -hmm. But the strange episode itself mm -hmm. um, was, favorite. I mean, I, I thought it was so bold and so different from what I might normally expect from, you know, someone who's read the What If comics, but then also the rest of the, the show and the ideas that you were talking about. There are some that you, you can imagine yourself landing on fairly easily, mm -hmm. um, even though I, th I think the execution of all of them was was really fun and creative, but like you know, the Fury's Big Week episode, like what right. if the Avengers never came together? You can see yourself getting there. Mm -hmm. um, but the Doctor Strange episode was so unique mm -hmm. um, in the way that it, it was a, a very nuanced kind of what if premise. Yes. And it gave way to something that was so, uh, I mean, emotional and yeah. powerful. Yeah, that was a that was a blast. And um, it's funny, because we always knew that early on, there was going to be a Doctor Strange episode, just because, you know, we love Doctor Strange, and we wanted to do something mm -hmm. awesome with him. And we wanted to show him off. And like, you know, personally, because I, I did boards on the Doctor Strange movie. And, um, oh, wow. you know, there was a lot of, there's a lot of big, crazy, cool magic that we were coming up with and playing with that you don't necessarily try, you don't really get to see in the film. You know, there's a lot of things that go right. on making a big movie. And, a lot of cool ideas that maybe fall by the wayside for one reason or other. And, you know, it just, just gets distilled down to a certain way. Mm -hmm. um, and so you still end up with something great, but sometimes you cry about some of the stuff that got lost along the way. Sure. And this is a way for hopefully us to show some of that stuff, you know, and, and, and not that it was specifically done for that movie, but just the, the notion of being like, let's see some freaking magic, you know, um, mm -hmm. and not just a bunch of sling rings or something. Um, not, not to knock Dr. Strange, but you know, yeah. <laughs> right, right. No. For sure. We, we talked about that in our, in our Dr. Strange episode about how it was sort of a, a chance to really go crazy with the, yes. some of the almost like kind of Ditko-esque, but also, yeah. you know, I'm a big fan of, um, of, as people that listen to this podcast know, Jonathan Hickman's mm. uh, Avengers stuff. And I, I felt like there was a little bit of the, of what he does with Dr. Strange and his new Avengers right. series came through um so yeah it, it, the thing is it's like we always knew we wanted a strange episode and we always knew we wanted it to be a little bit darker right like mm -hmm. like the idea that he he meddles and gets in trouble now we didn't know exactly how but then ac was able to jump in and, and she she was able to borrow from an, ex, an experience and be like oh and tie it to christine and be like mm -hmm. oh this this could be the thing and that really tied in the emotional content uh, uh, you know and purpose and we're able to create what we were able to create and it was so well done and allowed for all the things allowed for the crazy magic allowed for the like mm -hmm. the and and i always want animation to go there and one of the things that excited me about doing the show and i was talking to brad about it early on the early days it's like it's genre it's each episode can be it's different we can get comedy we can get we can get mm -hmm. action we can get horror or drama but we got it. We have to push it. We have to push it because I always feel like in animation, sometimes maybe certain studios don't aren't allowing the creators and the animators and, mm. and the writers to go where they can because they still think it's for kids. Right. It's like this is TV 14 and it's for everyone who watches a Marvel movie. Mm -hmm. And we want to go beyond even sometimes where the Marvel movies go if we can. Mm -hmm. um, because we can, we're free. It's the multiverse, mm -hmm. right? It's like here's an adventure that goes really bad for these heroes. And like we can show that. And that was exciting and exhilarating and freeing, you know, and it's something that I've been wanting to do in animation ever since, you know, in school, you know, we, that's mm. when we were learning our craft, we're like, why is it always this? Why can't it be that? And the fact that we can finally start doing stuff that addresses that is pretty awesome. Okay. Yeah. You inspired me to think of two things really quickly. I got to get more to <laughs> one going back to the strange thing. Um, and I don't mean this is a slight to what if, but when we went into what if we knew that, we were going to like playing out all these different stories and seeing these different things with our characters. What I didn't know though, as we went along inadvertently, I think you guys enhanced our experience of the main MCU characters, like the Dr. Strange mm -hmm. episode, for example, we found ourselves leaving going, I learned more about the strange I know already mm. because like, for example, we know he's desperate enough that he'll do whatever he can to save his career. But now what does it look like? What, how far would he go to right. save his heart? Right. And, mm -hmm. 
I don't know. So like these episodes ended up teaching me more about the main MCU timeline characters than I thought they would ahead of time. That's awesome. Yeah, we've been, and that, I mean, that's just an exciting byproduct because we do, we, we love the characters too. And we want to see more of those characters and, and getting them in unique situations. We, I don't know, we just get so much more out of it. Like you said, it's, it's expanding your view of said character because mm-hmm. you're seeing them go through things you didn't see them go through in the movie, but they're still true to themselves, but they're expressed right. differently. Um, so there might be a slight variation of that person you thought you knew. Um, so that's great. But, I, but to your point, I think it is true and it's an exciting byproduct because you see certain reactions. And, you know, people are saying that, you know, it's a good credit to like, you know, our writing team and, and Brad's and Kevin's guidance, because they're just always giving us great notes and improving things. And, you know, they feel like people are saying like, oh, it feels like this is the Natasha I always wanted to see in the movies, but didn't mm-hmm. quite get a chance to see or, or like, I see things where people who have always loved Doctor Strange, now they're winning over their friends who weren't always a Doctor Strange fan. It's like, oh, I get it. Yeah, Strange uh-huh. is cool, man. I dig this character. You know what I mean? So I think it's, I think people are discovering things anew or or, or A, be re-reminded why they like said thing to begin with. Mm-hmm. But it, yeah, it's, it's casting a wider net. It's bringing others in or opening people's interest. Like the, the amount of love that falls onto certain people and why mm-hmm. it's amazing there's some people that are like i don't know if i like that party thor stuff i really don't like it but then there's other people are like i love that party thor oh my god i gotta have more <laughs> of that party thor mm-hmm. or howard because we love howard the duck and like there's a oh yeah and, like show off some howard the duck we're like hells to the yeah and darcy <laughs> we, we love darcy so it's like uh-huh. we want to bring her back and we did and also and also jane foster bring her in you know and do some cool stuff yes with her. the other thing i was just gonna say is complimenting you on what you said because um right at the time that some of these episodes were coming out specifically the zombies episode mm. we talk a lot in our podcast about how i i'm not like a blood and gore fan at all right but but i want to know that like these little subtle choices have consequences in the action so like mm-hmm. that's something i really appreciate about black widow right like when, when she hits her nose or breaks her leg you see the leg sideways or her nose is bleeding whereas mm-hmm. some of the mc movies don't go that far and right mm-hmm. as we were kind of comparing that we got the zombies episode where you're seeing like <laughs> cap get chopped chopped in half and right. people eaten and and it's so it was like thank you like i appreciate you pushing it that mm. far that way not that i'm a gore fan but i just i want to feel the consequences of what you're trying to tell me exists yeah no it's true and, and like for the zombie one you know there, there's only so far we could go with the gore and, and we didn't want to go crazy crazy with no, the gore just because you don't have to we don't have to and also i think that's a given that's like that's something that people might often do with that situation it's kind of like it's not really uh, about the gore it's like yeah that's a byproduct and, and that can be fun but that's not the thing right. so I, I like i like holding some of that back a little bit so then if you do mm-hmm. something that pushes it a little bit more then 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 it hits harder you know what i mean so i think that's fun but yeah we did have our hands tied just a little bit just because of the nature of the rating we were at on the tv so it's like they're like you better you can't have anything that's too red <laughs> so like, oh it's a little bit darker and you know and, and it better be like maybe out of focus and you know close to camera and dark and then you know so so we had we had some of those 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 caveats but we still got away with some stuff we didn't think we'd like cutting falcon in half or blowing up zombie mm-hmm. sharon which was like oh man we're doing it but they i really hope <laughs> someone doesn't try to cut at the last minute well i appreciate your effort on that we tried. Yeah, no, that was great. Yeah, no, that was a fun one to do. It's like, of course, we got to do this, you know, boom, that, that would, that would happen. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, well, now that you're, uh, now that you're finished with, with the season, um, before we let you go, I, we're always just curious, did you have a particular moment from this entire season one, whether it's an entire episode or just a, a part of an episode that you mm. really love that you would say is your, if not your favorite one that kind of particularly um, spoke to you oh, wow um you know it's, it's there's so much in the whole season there's so many different parts it's a, it's, it's really hard to choose just one it's like there, there's mm-hmm. so much stuff that's great that, that, that's the one thing when you're working on all of them it is really hard to choose just like here's sure. the one thing i love but i think um you know getting getting some of the the action on screen has has been that that's been great i mean all the character and all the emotion of course Mm-hmm. Um, to me, that's a given. You have to do that stuff, otherwise, you just don't have a show. But right. um, but sometimes I think people might leave the action by the wayside because they think action just like eh, you know whatever it's action. Who cares? 
It's like, mm-hmm. no, actually, that stuff is important. If It's just as important in a way, because if you've got all the great character and you have garbage action and no one comes back to rewatch mm-hmm. your action movie or right. action adventure, but they don't care, right? There has to be both symbiotically working mm-hmm. together. And there's a lot of action that over the years of all the Marvel movies that I've done, where for whatever reason, either, you know, the directors, the stunt guys, whoever, right, it, things just fall by the wayside, like really fun, cool ideas just fall by the wayside. Yeah. And for this show, um, it was fun. I was able to reach back in my grab bag of like, like cap, cap moves that have been left over since mm. Avengers mm. Uh, or even Avengers 2. Like I literally pulled there's some stuff from like the Thor movies and there's still like, there's a number mm. of moves here and there, some cool action, little bits, you know, that they'll just go boink and just stick oh, in, almost plug and play and see it come to life the way I originally intended to it back in the movies and see it for real and have the audience response go that's amazing that's like better than the movie i'm like well that was actually supposed to be an avengers one so you could could have been nerding out even that much harder on (laughs) avengers one but it didn't get in there for whatever reason um so that's that's been awesome but the other thing Mm. too was just just playing with the cinematic nature like i wanted to look Mm. cinematically i wanted to play with the lensing i wanted to play with the lighting Mm. Um, one thing that we did early on was just grab what I wanted to do was, um, you know, the way they, the way they lit things in, in the thirties, you know, like noir sensibilities mm-hmm. and just like, and what Deacon says these days, you know, where he's just like, mm-hmm. turn some light, you know, what you, what you don't light is probably more important than what you actually light. You know, it's just like uh-huh. everyone just in the animation, they just light everything there. There's nothing cinematic. There's no, there's not as much mood. Yeah. Um, and the way I was trained is there's no different you know, no different, no difference. Um, so I, I just wanted to go for it. And we did. And seeing the audience actually respond, like some of the reactions, people are like calling out mm-hmm. the, the visuals and how beautiful they yeah. feel look. And so I think that across the board feels like it's, it's that's been a great achievement. I think that, that all the different things are come, mm-hmm. come to come together. But as for one particular moment, it's too hard, man. There's, there's so many, like oh, no. every episode you could name, it's like, what's a rap thing <laughs> in this episode? It'd be like, well, blah, blah, and blah. <laughs> right. No, but but it's, uh, you know, just, I guess, to confirm or, or, or add more yes. to what you've already heard. Um, one, yeah, I mean, the we've had, so we have this community of folks that that uh, that listen and, and we have kind of a message board and mm. people every time will seize on certain shots mm. um, from almost every episode. I mean, I know from the, from, or I guess maybe episode eight, a lot of people talked about that Hawkeye shot that was just yeah. gorgeous. Uh, as he's going down but then the action as well I I meant to say this earlier when you were talking about uh, the anime influences that's Mm -hmm. been a a thing we've talked about the entire time is how is how right y'all got all these action scenes and how beautiful I mean especially you know Shang-Chi came out and we thought that the choreography and the action there was so great and then to have that in this show at the same time really Mm -hmm. feels like a heyday for for Marvel whenever it comes to those those action sequences. Well, and we talk a lot about how we view it through the lens of does the action inform the plot or are we just putting it in there to right. have it in there? Mm-hmm. And we talk a lot on our podcast about how we felt like what if really did a good job of of informing the plot and, and keeping us captivated despite right. it just being an action sequence. Yeah, and that's always the challenge. And it's funny too because it's it's a sticky statement, right? When it's just like, does it inform the plot? you know mm-hmm. the fight has to tell a story um you know i've heard that stuff forever and it's gotten to the point mm-hmm. where it's like I'm, i don't even i hardly even think of that anymore because mm-hmm. i've just been doing it for a while i think it's just instinct and gut at a certain point because yes it has mm-hmm. to do exactly everything that you talk about but sometimes i wonder if people pose that question before they actually start just doing the sequence mm-hmm. it, sometimes it can hamstring them in a way it, it, mm. and and then you get something that's not as entertaining you know for obvious for odd reason because if it's trying too much to tell like a story then but then then where's the visceralness where's the okay. energy where's the musicality yeah. Where, where's the subtle nuance that's going a thousand miles an hour you know what i mean uh-huh. so i think there's parts where you yes a story has to track you have everything that you said is valid but I think there's a way to achieve it that some is sometimes lost on some people, you know, so uh, you get one or you get one version or the other, you don't get, you don't get Goldilocks. You don't mm. get the, that's just right. You get something mm. that, that has way little action, but it's all about the MacGuffin. Here's the thing I'm trying to get. And it's just right, like, but, right. but all your moves are basic. 
and the way it's yeah. shot is basic because you're just yeah. worried about telling the story. And then you get other stuff where like, well, here's a ton of fluff and I don't care anymore because it's just a bunch of stuff. So we try we try and do our best. And I think I think it's just become for me, um, it's feel, you know what I mean? So um, you know, I've done martial arts for a long time, not these days because I'm too busy working. So I don't get to do any of that anymore. But back in the day, I did a lot of wushu. Oh, and, wow. um, and other martial arts and that was even before i did any stuff for marvel so i brought that to my fight scenes in, in, in marvel and i think mm. certain stunt guys and fight guys sometimes respond to that um so that's always been in me so i just i just bring it even and i bring it to the animation i did the same thing when i brought it to stuff in samurai jack um mm. I would bring the same thing because I had already trained then. So I'm just like, yep, I'm putting my oh, stuff, man. I'm putting my moves in here. So I would just choreograph it and just do it. Um, and so doing it on this level with these heroes and having be what we want on the screen straight away without too many filters, that's mm -hmm. been that has been fantastic. I'm I'm glad you guys and and, and your viewers like res respond to that because you know I, I definitely shoot for that. And some of those fight scenes actually went on longer. We had to cut it for time, but there's still mm -hmm. some fun ideas we had to like leave on 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 the cutting room floor, like. When Ultron won, there's like a sequence where we see him defeat all those Avengers. Um, okay, I had wondered. I had wondered that, but, but it, we couldn't get it past the board phase because it's like mm. we, it's the episode was too big and we didn't have the funds to actually tell a slightly larger. So we had to like find the spots to trim. And um, mm. so yeah, but no, I appreciate Which wound up working. Well, yeah, it's it working in a different way because it, it gives you a little bit of that, uh, you know, if you choose to see it that way, that Tony vision that he had yeah. in the Age of Ultron movie where he's the last one and all the other Avengers are falling around him. Totally. And and that was like, in the even in the script editing phase, or, or even just talk, us talking about story early and getting at the beat outlines and everything else before we even wrote the final script. Um, there was a loose idea that there was a bit more time that he didn't get all the Avengers in one spot. I always, ever since we knew that there was going to be a Ultron wins and there's a, this apocalypse, an image of me that I wanted to do, which we never got a chance to do, was the notion of some Avengers are going to survive and he's going to go and he's going to hunt them down in this desolate mm. world. And there was like an encounter I wanted to do that would be so bittersweet of seeing like this radioactivity ravaged cap kind of like out on some desolate dunes protecting a ragtag group mm. of survivors mm. and vision ultron finds him and a, a small fight shows up but cap just can't you know and like he mm. knocked him down and cap does that whole thing where it's like i can i can do this all day and um mm. vision just says no you can't and just we get to a silhouette and he just like just breaks breaks his neck just just kills him <laughs> wow and and and, wow. Then he, and then he looks at teller of the survivors who just saw their hero fall and his you know the eyes light up and like now those people are toasted you know really bleak yeah. dark stuff i'm like yeah incredible <laughs> But we didn't have time. We don't have time to. I do feel that. like I was there right now. <laughs> yeah, we, didn't, we don't have time to do those some of that stuff. So we had to like here they are in the in the internet and hub, and they all died. Yeah. <laughs> but well, yeah, we do what we man. can. Well, you did an incredible job. Thank yeah, you. you did. And and I want to say genuinely thank you. Every time we get a chance to talk to somebody who works on these things, it's, it, I mean, it can be an art director, it can be a director, it can be an actor. Every time we talk to somebody, we're just so blown away by the attention to detail when we leave. Mm. And just know that we really appreciate that. Like, that's, that's why cool. we love the MCU is that you care this much about the thing you're doing. We talked to Andy Park and he cares that much about oh, the yeah. costume he's designing. Like everybody we talk to cares about their thing at such a high level. And that's what makes you guys so great. So seriously, oh. thank you. <laughs> so thank you. Oh, well, thank you guys. But also it's like, shout out to our team and our vendors because it's like Paul is saying, and and his team, you know, Cynthia, Christina, and then um, you know, um Stefan and and Simon. Just and we had such a great, we pulled together a great amount of people that love this stuff too and have been dying to get to do this kind of thing on screen for a while, you know. Mm -hmm. And 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 here here they all are being able to flex their muscles. Um, and mm -hmm. and that's great. And then and with the guidance of Kevin, uh, the cool thing is the trio, Kevin, Lou, and Victoria, it's like they they didn't treat this project any differently than than the movies or or the TV shows they were doing. They, you know, the early on we were just wondering like, how are we gonna? Is it gonna be like 
yeah, 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 because it's animation. There's going to be some sort mm. of like taking the foot off the gas and being kind of like, whatevs, you know, we, you know, we don't know. This is the first time they've done something quite like this. Mm-hmm. And Brad was kind of like, no, nah, man, no, nah, no, nah, they're going to bring it. And they did. And it's just like for them, they're, they're the same attention that they give to every movie, the same notes that they're giving it to like Taika on Thor mm. 3 or Thor 4. It's like they're doing the same thing with us. And and that was that's cool. That was that was really wonderful to experience because it, it meant that, that we weren't some sort of like relegated to the kid table because yeah. right. can kind of sensibility because that does happen, you know, at times live action mm-hmm. to animation. There's a poo-pooing, but um, mm-hmm. they were not thinking that way whatsoever, and and that's great. They were they're treating it like that. this is no different than the movies. This is no different than the shows. Here we go, and hmm. and I think you guys can attest to the fact that maybe we achieve that because some people are oh yeah so that's awesome but thanks man thanks thanks you guys for loving it thanks for watching it oh sure we're just excited for season two now ah, yeah, yeah true. true yeah i'm true. knee deep in season two right now like, obviously i can't talk about that but but sure. we, we got stuff cooking and yeah that gamora tony episode that was supposed to be in season one mm-hmm. um as you've probably heard but it, because of like covid and other issues you know vendor just couldn't quite get it done in time etc so um it was either hey do we postpone the entire season like another year just so that we can have that episode in it or do we just mm-hmm. like wait and let yeah. that thing go back an episode that's going to be in season two so in a way it's going to act as a little okay, bit nice. of a prequel where you get to see how those two people came together um so that's kind of fun yeah no that is fun. awesome yeah it's awesome, well guys. thanks so much brian like this means a lot to us that you joined us and we're big fans and keep doing it we can't wait for season two. Oh, we're trying man we're gonna keep we're gonna keep doing it as much as, <laughs> as long as the audience allows us we'll, we'll keep doing what we can <laughs> keep doing it but thank awesome. you awesome thanks you guys thanks so much oh thanks again brian all right take it easy guys bye-bye so the reason i tease that one part ahead of time is that i just thought it was so cool when he talks about how kevin could have easily treated this show like it was not on the same level as the other stuff, right? Like uh-huh. they totally were prepared and would not have been offended if they're like, oh, it's animated. You just do you guys, whatever. And right. yet the way he talks about Kevin having care, even as much care for this show as he does for Thor Love and Thunder, that's mm-hmm. the kind of stuff I love. Yeah, I think it is so telling. And we've said this a lot, but I think that that whether people can put their finger on it or not, is the thing that separates the MCU from from everything else in franchise world. Like I just don't think that right. there is that level of of care in these other properties. Like whether you're yep. talking about Harry Potter or Star Wars, like I'm they've all had really really great films, but I just think that there's something about someone at the top. I mean, I think that there's something about someone on at the corporate level also having the creative investment and the fandom and the yeah. fandom. Yeah. The, the legitimate fandom. And yeah, so it's, it's just always really in, like, it, it would be such a bummer for us to be covering this stuff and to kind of peek behind the curtain and to see that people don't really care. And that it's just sort of a money-making machine, which is what everyone sort of likes to paint Marvel as being. What you just said is the most true thing ever. And yet it's really hard to explain to people on the outside, right? Because to mm-hmm. some people, all the Marvel movies are just, oh, they're the same. It's a superhero movie. What do you, but the real difference is that care and people don't get that. That's what, right. that's what, that's why they're better than these other franchises. Right. No, absolutely. But speaking of that consistency. Oh, um, hello. Now it's now it's that time, that time that Kyle loves and Robbie hates, where <laughs> we uh, have to rank these things. But we have a little twist today, don't we, Kyle? Yes. Okay. We're going to rank what if, but we heard you out. We heard your feedback on Slack. For the first time ever, we are officially going to start splitting our rankings between the movies and the TV shows, okay? So we're no longer going with our one mega list just because I don't think it works as well. It just doesn't make as much sense. It's a different format. I think this is the better way to do it. So inadvertently, I'm going to refresh people of my movie rankings probably when The Eternals comes out, but some of those Mm -hmm. numbers are gonna go up because I dropped four things from the rankings. (laughs) Um, Right. But for these purposes, let's rank the four shows thus far and, Tell me where what if sits for you. 
So one, I love this idea and I agree. I feel like part of what's made the, the ranking process so difficult for me in the second season is that it's just, it's, it's what we've talked about. Like, how do you compare WandaVision to Civil War? <laughs> like, it's just such a different medium. And so I like this. This feels, this feels a little bit easier for, for old Rob over here. So I'm, I'm, I'm okay kicking this off for once. Um, so we have, we have we have four <laughs> shows, right? Four Disney yep. Plus shows? Yep, thus far. Okay. So um, for me, look, we've gotten a really good crop. Everything that, that's come out, I think, has been, has been good, if not great. Um, so my ranking of the MCU Disney Plus shows is number one, Loki. Closely, like so razor oh, edge closely followed go. by WandaVision. And it, it flip-flops daily, you know. Number three is Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which oh, okay. I'm finding is one that I, uh, I I think enjoyed more than a lot of people, which is totally fine. Um, maybe kind of makes sense with my own predilections there. Mm-hmm. And then that leaves uh, number four as What If. Okay. As we get more and more Disney Plus shows, it'll be fun for me to go back to the tier system. Um, right now, it doesn't really make sense because there's only four of them, but eventually it gets really, really hard to separate some of these. And especially once we start getting to season twos of some of these things, you know, um, mm-hmm. that'll be interesting. Do we end up going like, hey, Loki, Loki season one was here, but Loki season two is here, I guess. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think we we probably need to. I mean, it's a you yeah. know it's a different thing. There's going to be a different director on Loki season two. So I mean, I, yeah, I, I think. And you say that, and and I'll not uh, you know I want to let you say your rankings here in a moment, but I I can kind of see some tears already between between these four. So I'm I'm curious huh. if mine would match up with yours. Um. Number one for me is WandaVision. Just like you, I would say that I think I'm finding I like that show more than other people. I know other people love that show. It was nominated for 23 Emmys. But for mm-hmm. me, it's so elite, and that's where I would have a hard time with the tiers. Is like, would I include my number two show, Loki, in that tier? Or do I want to say WandaVision is tier one, and Loki is a chunk of the second tier? I think I'd throw Loki in the first tier, probably. But anyways, number one, WandaVision. Number two, Loki. Number three, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Number four, What If. Um, I have seen some listeners' lists that have What If higher than some of those. I Um, have. Yeah, I've seen that as well. I think What If, when we look back at it, is just going to be a thing of, was it your thing or not? Is it well done? Objectively, yes, I think. I think it was really cool visually. And I think there were some funny parts and there were some moving parts and the writing as a whole was pretty good. I think it was really creative in looking at these famous Marvel stories and twisting them. And so it's all those things, but just preference wise, rewatchability wise, for me, it would be lower than those other three. Doesn't mean it's a bad show. And I hope it was somebody else's vibe more. I think it'd be fun if it was your number yeah. two, three, one, whatever. Um, but for us, it's number four. I I want to say real quickly something that you and I were talking about the other day. Uh, as I've been going through these these comics with Candace um, and the folks in the comic club um, on FFW Plus, I, I I've thought a lot about the difference between kind of classic comics and modern comics um, in in the same way that I think about the difference between what if and like normal MCU projects. And what I mean by that is there are often kind of two camps when you get into this superhero comic book world where there are people that really love the mm. kind of one and done stories. Like they like you to, to come in and it starts something. And then at the end of that segment, whether it's an issue of a comic book or an episode of a show, that story is wrapped up the things are resolved and the next time you come back and it's a whole new thing. And you know, it's, it's, they like that the fact that you can pick up at any given point in this thing and you're, it's easy to kind of get acclimated and understand what's going on. Then there are the other people that really, really love the continuity side of it. And kind of the, the more in depth that is, the Mm. more you have to dig in, the more they're into it. And, 
I personally fall on that that latter end of things where I really like when something requires a certain level of investment. Uh, and I like, I mean, that's why I, I can rewatch the Infinity Saga so many times is I feel like when it's well done, and that's a huge caveat, but when it's well done, you can go back almost infinite times and notice something else and get more and more payoff. And that's a huge part of, of the enjoyment that this stuff brings to me. But I think that that also has a big impact on the way that I received What If. And I, I just want to say that because I, I think you're right. For what it is, I think What If was about as good as we ever could have hoped that it would be. You know, So I don't, the fact that I'm ranking it last, I don't want to be seen as me dogging the, the work of that team. I just think it is fundamentally never going to be quite my scene and the way that these other like in continuity projects are. I agree with everything you just said. That's interesting though, because I think just because to reiterate what if was animated, it's weird. Normally I'd be with you and say, I want it to connect, but because it was animated, I think I wanted it to be side story parables. Um, but by nature with it being animated side story parables, I got what I uh -huh. wanted, but I just don't think I'm going to have the same level of investment because of that. Even though I know that's like, it's like a lose lose for them. Right. According right. to me. Um, I just think that's how it is, but I still really enjoyed watching it and I think it was well done. So that's always the caveat here. I'll tell you if something is just legitimately bad. Right. I think we've earned that trust at this point. I think it was legitimately very good. So yeah, there you go. Agreed. Um, so much freaking stuff coming up. So I want everyone to stay in touch with us. The FFW podcast.com. If FFW plus sounds like it might be your thing, then go to patreon.com slash friends from work to check that out. You can sample some of the episodes that are already up there. And if you like it, $4.99 a month, and you can get bonus content plus some other perks. Thank you so much to everyone out there who's been listening, who's been supporting, who's been spreading the friends from work love. We love you guys all so much, and we can't wait to see you next week on Friends from Work. Friends from Work.